Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 127 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. You got some great artwork there in the uh, in the basement office of Grant Thornton. I do. I do. I wish our, our listeners could see it, but... You know, my thinking was being locked in here probably for another six months. I might as well make it my own, spruce it up, nesting a little bit. (laughs) I'm not sure I care for the way that you said that. It was a little bit, (laughs) it felt a little bit saucy, which I'm not sure is quite appropriate. Well, just rest assured I'm more comfortable than I used to be, and hopefully you get to enjoy the artwork. Well, I, I love seeing it, and maybe you should send a picture into your team that supports us, Adam Hughes and Dewey Nguyen, who do a wonderful job of helping us every week get the program together. But send it to them, and then they can post a picture so people could see it. You can do that now. I can do that. I can do that. I'm sure they'd be delighted to get pictures of my basement. Cows. Pictures of cows. Um, Listen, you referenced the fact that we've been doing this for seven months, and we're probably going to be doing this for another six months, referring to this kind of remote work environment. And that is one of the things that is top of mind for practitioners all across the country in government. The most recent results of the 2020 state CIO survey are in, and we're pleased to welcome uh, to the podcast this week, Doug Robinson, the executive director of NASIO, and Graham Finley, a principal at Grand Thornton. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks very much for coming on. Doug, I want to start with you first. What's your takeaway from this year's survey of state CIOs? Did 47 um, folks that you've talked to, a very broad base of people all across the country, what are they telling you? Obviously, COVID's number one. What else is on their minds as they're working through issues right now? I think like all of us in, uh, in organizations, a, certainly a large a degree of uh, continued uncertainty about, uh, about, the, about the future, you know, both workforce, the future workplace, the public policies, uh, a lot of mixed reaction out there. But, you know, I, I think you know, we, we added uncertainty into the title of the report because we felt like uh, they, they certainly – had a lot of agility to begin with, uh, and they continue to be, be really responsive to the needs of, you know, obviously state employees and also citizens. But there continues to be, you know, a great degree of uncertainty for all of us and for them about what uh, what's going to happen, what's going on. When we've talked about this in the past, the CIOs have really stepped up to make take a much more strategic role, and it's all been about, you know, providing information and analytics that can help the executives get the work of the states done they must really have had to step up in the last several months in a way that they may have foreseen but i'm not sure well that's a question what what did you hear from them about how well they've handled this situation graham nobody was prepared you know um but i think what's interesting is that you know this is the 11th year we've done the survey and 
obviously COVID was a major theme in the survey. You know, it has its own section. We, we talked about it a lot with CIOs, and it, and it influenced, I would say, every single section of the CIO, of the survey in some respect. Like it filtered through everything. And so I think what we've seen is just the, you know, as Doug was saying, the degree of agility, but also because technology has become even more you know, a, a factor in the delivery of services, but also just the interaction, you know, of, of employees at the state level as well. You have to use technology even to talk to each other now, you know, in a way even more so than it has been in the past. So I think we saw a combination of having to adapt to that, you know, immediate transition to a 100% virtual workforce. And to be honest, even though, you know, it, it didn't go entirely smoothly, the, um, the ability to make that happen in such a rapid manner was amazing. You know, and people really have, I think, shown, actually, I think if there's one big lesson that I've taken away from this year's survey is that this tr rapid transition to remote workforce has shown that remote work actually does work. You know, and, and if one thing that we're hearing from the CIOs is that nobody's going back to business as usual, even once COVID is, you know, in the past, you know, at some point in the future, we won't all be going back to the office in the way that we were. And I think that the transition that people have been forced to go through has accelerated a set of change that was already underway, but it's made it happen much faster than people were maybe thinking it ever could happen. But it's also showing that this stuff can work and people are really learning from those lessons. I would argue that the most important thing that's come out of the COVID response that I saw in your state CIO survey is not that, though. I, I agree with you, Graham, that everything that you just said is correct, and we're seeing exactly the same things at the federal government level. But I would argue this comment uh, that you cite in this survey, Doug, is maybe the most important thing that's come out of all of this. As one CIO commented, the governor and so much of the legislative and executive leaders just found out that the CIO is not the computer guy. There's a whole new understanding that we enable the business of government, and that fits with the digital government piece that you write about in this too, doesn't it, Doug? It does, and I think it reflects, uh, certainly, you know, reflects my thinking and also my advocacy for years about uh, the CIO is the business leader of IT and not the person just responsible for boxes and wires and green blinking lights. And in and, and most states they are, they have comprehensive enterprise services, but uh, you know, almost half of our CIOs are cabinet officials now. And so we've been arguing all along that they enable and transform the business of government. They're just not about, you know, I don't like the phrase back office function. I've heard that, well, IT and HR are back office, finance are back office functions. And I said, you know, saying for years, no, and information technology, as Graham said, is part of the fabric of the continuity of government delivery of services. So I think it was certainly, you know, you know, highlighted, as Graham said, there were a number of things that were exposed during the pandemic uh, that we can certainly talk about. But I think what was highlighted is, you know, our conversation for many years about the role of the state CIO being, you know, one where, you know, they're, they're, they're at the table. And that's been kind of our internal line for years if you're you know if you're not at the table you may be on the menu uh, because their tenure is so short so we want them to you know step up and you're exactly right i i think that's the best quote in the report nice work francis i read this stuff that's all you know <laughs> i just read it and think a little bit we talked a little bit about the people graham you mentioned that people haven't missed a beat we might not go back to the way things were probably won't go back to things were talk about the the ability to stay engaged, to recruit and retain the people that these folks need to get the job of the states done. 
there's a couple of aspects to it. One has been the you know care and feeding of the workforce, and you know retaining employee morale and um, you know productivity. You know how do you how do you incent productivity and how do you measure productivity and you know employee morale and satisfaction in a in a wholly virtual arena? And I think people have figured out ways to adapt to that. And you know, we're all doing that, right, within our own organizations. Um, the, the other aspect, though, when we talk about recruiting and retention, one interesting thing that came up when we were doing some of the, um, some of the telephone interviews with some of the CIOs in, you know, in the preparation of the survey was that this move to a more virtual workforce has actually created some freedoms around hiring in a way that hasn't happened in the in the past largely because the geographic boundaries um are starting to be you know relaxed in a certain sense if people aren't required to be in the same physical office um most of the time you know that people are looking to hire in say a state capital you know areas with that all of a sudden you can hire in much more rural areas in the state you need access to broadband and so on um but people are also looking at, uh, we even had some CIOs breaching the question of, as a state government, can I hire people who don't live in my state if they've got the best qualifications for the job? They never need to come into the office. Why wouldn't you? It's not really a topic that people have talked about significantly in the past, but all of a sudden, there's a new set of options that are on the table. Since I seem to have impressed Robert so much by dividing one quote out of this, I'm going to pull another one. And um, that is the concept of digital government being really accelerated by COVID and the connection between the two. Um, the, the quote here from the report is one CIO stated, government's now expected to be fully digital. Unless you really need to be somewhere in person, like getting a driver's license, you'll do it online and we need to make that happen. The urgency is what I hear there that's really important, uh, Doug. Is that is that pervasive among all of the folks that you talk to? Is everybody seeing that acceleration of expectations by their citizens? It is, and I, and I think it's uh, reflective of not only the survey, but other other conversations. I think you just look at the survey about the uh, the biggest driver, when you have 98% of the respondents say better online experience for citizens, they're in competition. Uh, you know, citizens, particularly during COVID, what, what, what we certainly saw was folks who had not perhaps done a lot of online or digital transactions in the past were now forced to do so and then began to compare and contrast well gosh that wasn't nearly as smooth on my you know state uh, website to do x to apply for unemployment insurance and we know we all know about the the the, uh, the surge and the, uh, the trials and tribulations that states had and and many many citizens were frustrated and they expressed their their frustration and dissatisfaction about that. So it, it's going to be uh, certainly beyond what I'll call the transactional things we've seen in the past where it's a full suite of the services. So it's more about the digital experience with state government rather than simply, I'm going to go to each of these places uh, and do these one-offs. You have to you know, increase engagement, increase adoption, but you also have to have better collaboration across the agencies uh, to have uh, build those kind of seamless interactions uh, that, that they want to have. And, and, and these, again, are there's other areas that need to support that. Um, cybersecurity, clearly, digital identity management, identity and access management is going to be a major theme as we go forward because that has kind of confounded states. And so you know, the, the, the states have not really delivered on the digital government promise. NASA issued a 2001 call to action, 2001 call to action on 
digital government and and what states need to do. And again, you know, my perspective and belief is states really haven't delivered on that as they should have. And part of that is they continue to uh, maintain a, a principle of physicality, right? So you maintain these fixed buildings and fixed offices and they make people go there. Well, what happens during a pandemic if you can't? So you've got to really kind of change your business process. It's much about changing the business process and uh, and really streamlining the rule sets and understanding the capabilities as it is using technology. And so a lot of it has to do with just those business process changes and re-engineering that need to take place. You raise identity management. That brings up cybersecurity and the controversy around voting and how the CIOs must have diverse relationships with a lot of jurisdictions in voting and many other services. But the prospect of a cyber attack must be menacing as well. Uh, and, and, you know, we've seen that pop up in jurisdictions, crippling certain jurisdictions. To, has the cyber posture improved as a result of the pandemic, or are we at greater risk than we were before? it? No, greater risk. The actual number, the increase in attacks is uh, close to 400% increase over the previous same time in 2019. And a lot of that's related to the pandemic it's related to bad actors it's related to nation state attacks uh we've had uh some interesting things and again in uh in uh, in in this survey but other surveys where we've got more detail but that's certainly it robert is one was an increase in financial fraud particularly associated with stolen identities trying to get uh unemployment claims thousands of those not only in uh in one state but in fact the same the same identity, not, not a person, but a, a stolen identity trying to acquire unemployment insurance in three different states. Uh, and in some states, uh, there were several states that lost tens of millions of dollars uh, of unemployment claims that they paid out because they were, again, they were in, there's a sense of urgency. They were in a rush. They had streamlined their approval processes. They had extended their, you know, back to work requirements in terms of the validation. And so they were trying to help uh, you know, the rank and file citizens that were in uh, in distress. And in doing that, they allowed for a lot more flexibility. And so we had a lot of that. In addition, we've seen uh, in a pretty dramatic increase in ransom, particularly at the local government level. So we have, uh, you know, a lot of those things going on. Over, uh, over 1,000 uh, domain names established, many of them malicious domain names established related to COVID since... Uh, since the pandemic started, over a thousand. So the bad actors are figuring out how to, you know, mimic legitimate sites, try to raise money from from people in the malicious ways. So, no, they're, they're they're taking advantage of a crisis. That's for sure. Imagine if that energy was devoted to productive means. Yeah, yeah, and and now it's being directed at uh, election misinformation and disinformation and social media, and you know, again, a lot of that has been documented. Uh, from DHS and from the FBI. Just last week, we got a major advisory uh, from the FBI and CISA about uh, increased uh, attacks around the election, uh, both, both voting and also the uh, election process and election themselves and questioning uh, uh, the results of the election. So th- those uh, th- those attacks are taking place in a variety of, sh- of channels and Fortunately, the state CIOs don't have primary responsibility authority for elections, but they do support their state elections officials in many ways. 
Doug Robinson, Executive Director of NACIO, Graham Finley, Principal at Grant Thornton. Congratulations on the 11th State CIO Survey, the 2020 edition. Thanks very much for coming on to talk about it, gentlemen. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Always, always a pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.